Hey friends, so what's it take to be successful? Is it a big car or a house? Maybe it's cash in the pocket, but how do you really define what success is? Well, my guest, Tim Winders, had all of that and then more. Then he lost it. He had to find a way to redefine what success was and where his life is going to take him. So in this podcast, we're going to hear a story about how he did that. So follow along and you might learn something new because I know I did. What if someone told you that you could learn the secret to happiness or success? Maybe you have an interest in mental health or the unknown or even the desire to communicate with the dead. These are the real stories and encounters from the real people on Behind the Story with Chuck Talk. And here's your host, Chuck Talk. Living in an RV, Chuck, internet can be my biggest challenge, even though I've noticed that many times I have better internet than people that are in a real house <laughs> because I've got, I've put this Starlink from uh, Elon Musk on my roof. And if I'm in satellite connection, I've got speeds that'll blow most people away. Wow. So pretty good. The only thing is I'm in an RV, so hopefully they won't be cutting grass or doing anything around us. And anyway, we'll, we'll make do with that. And it's just part of my story. If you are asking questions about how I live, he's in an RV. We're going to jump right into it pretty much because that blows me away because tim you are a strategist a strategic coach you're an author you're an entrepreneur you're a guy that's run a million dollar businesses and then all of a sudden housing market stuff crashed in 2008 and then what in your bio it says that by the time it was 2013 rolled around you you and your wife found yourselves homeless living in an rv and you still are no (laughs) And and then we started making a lot more money, and we just said, hmm, we kind of like this homeless thing. Well, it's actually pretty good. It, it's, you know, this is like you're living, I can't call it just the American dream. You're living the dream to a lot of people. It's, and I, I, I hear your story, and I'm going to hear your story, and I think to myself, what am I doing you know, tied down to this house with a mortgage and a yard, and I got, I'm going, man, it's raining today. I can't mow the lawn. I want to take off and go someplace. You're on wheels. That's I don't, I don't, I haven't cut grass, and I don't know when. I can't tell you when I've paid a power bill, water bill, any of that stuff. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of stuff. If you want to have have fun with that, forgive me if I'm going to put this the wrong way, Tim. But you, you've really gone from success. And I, for the lack of calling or whatever, I'm going to say from success to failure. Oh, hold it. Let me change that. You've gone from riches to failure to success because you and your wife, you're successful now. So it's, can I ask, how did this come about that you ran multi-million dollar companies and then you found yourself down and out? Well, you know, one of the things that's been kind of a theme of all that I've done recently is something that I've coined redefining success. And Chuck, the the thing that's fascinating to me is how 
the word success gets thrown around in our culture. And, and I think what many people do, number one, they use measurements. And let's just go ahead and put some of the measurements out in our culture. You know, what kind of car do you drive? What kind of house you live in? How much money's in your bank account? What's your title? What's, what clothes do you wear? I mean, just we could look at all types of things. How many followers do you have? You know, all these things that we use to measure success. And I'm not saying that any of those things are bad per se. I think my, my thesis or my theory is it's not a good measure of success. They're just some measurements and some things that we look at. And, and, and the story, the way my story goes, of course, we, you know, looked really successful and many people would say we were because we lived in a big house and had businesses that conservatively would have been seven figure businesses. And they were all in the real estate arena that was leading into 2008 and all of a sudden found ourselves, I mean, I kind of always thought I was a, a decently smart guy, you know, reasonably good in business, Chuck. And then, and then all of a sudden you're looking around going, I don't know what to do here. I mean, everything seems to be working against the efforts that I'm putting forth. And so by 2013, we were bankrupt, homeless, asked to move out of our big country club, you know, golf course house that we lived in. And, and so we put a few things in storage and put a couple things in a old Honda van. And my wife and I just lived out of a Honda van for some time and traveled. And that was really the lifestyle that we started. And we, it, it was really odd about it, Chuck, because a lot of people would say, oh, wow, so were you homeless? We used the word nomad. And I don't know if there was something mental about that. I don't know if it just made us feel better. I don't know if that programmed us because being a nomad does have a different connotation than actually being homeless. And and we found ourselves traveling. We didn't have financial resources. I mean, many times we had zero in our bank accounts, but yet we spent nine months in Australia, New Zealand. We ended up traveling all over North America and spent time in places like Tahoe and Southern California. And, and, and so that kind of led to the mid 2000 teens where we ended up, we attended a Bible school for a couple of years up in the Rocky mountains. And, and when we got finished with that, Chuck, my wife, we're kind of praying people. So, uh, you know, if someone's got a spiritual background, maybe they can appreciate that. We'd been kind of praying saying, what do we need? What do we do next? You know, we, we've actually now started to have a good bit of financial resources coming in. And my wife, who's, who's very prayerful, great woman. She came out of the shower, the, the, the bedroom one day after she was getting dressed and said, you know, I was, I've just spent some time in prayer and I think we're supposed to travel again, but we're supposed to get an RV. <laughs> and uh, Chuck, the funny story is, is for anybody that's married, especially that's been married like close to 34 years, like me, men, this is a men, man tip. Sometimes you open your mouth, sometimes you just keep it shut and do your best to have like the stoic look on your face. <laughs> so I just kind of sat there and I kind of tried to have the blankest look on my face I could. <laughs> and, and I just said, huh, 
because the joke is I couldn't even spell RV. I never camped. I was never an outdoorsy type. You know, I would be really, you know, indoorsy would be my description. Yeah. I grew up I grew up in the Atlanta area, Chuck. But anyway, so a couple months later, we had bought an RV sight unseen down in Florida, went down, picked it up, drove it across the state to a, a friend's house we were going to be staying at and watching. And we gutted it and rebuilt the insides of it over the next mm-hmm. month or two. A few months later, at the end of 2018, early 2019, we moved in. And since that time, we've been living full-time, traveling, working, doing our thing, in in our RV, which I'm right now in the passenger seat of, which is my office. I want to make a comment because you are so right in that the negative connotation of homeless versus nomad is different. Homeless is like you didn't have that choice and I'm a victim sort of thing. And the nomad to me sounds like this is my choice that I've chosen to live this style and this is what I do. It's funny how these words, even if we know it, it makes us act and react and other people react differently. Yeah. The cool thing about that too, Chuck, and you know, this is a behind the story kind of a, a thing also, I think it's powerful when we look at what we call ourselves, when we look in the mirror and you use that word victim. And I think, I think we have to be really careful putting people in groups. We know that our culture does it and it gets really ugly, you know, political, financial, sexual, all all these things people do, Mm -hmm. you know, skin color, all those things. We group people. I don't think that's that's how we, we shouldn't do that at all. We shouldn't even do it. That's not good. However, what you brought up is very interesting. There is a very distinct difference between a victim and a victor because you look in the mirror and you see something totally different. And while we were in a we were in bad shape, I mean, it was not good financially. My pride was as low as it could be. I probably dealt with a lot of shame because of, you know, where we were in business, what I was putting my family through, all those type things. We still looked in the mirror and attempted to act as if we were some form of a victor, you know, and mm-hmm. and most people would have looked and said, no, you're not. But you know what? We had a glimmer of hope. Probably a lot of it was spiritual. We just felt like, felt like God would do something for us, you know, felt like he would take care of us. And you know what? Over time he did. And, and we are now, this is just kind of the up down story, better off financially without going into details. But if you want to measure bank accounts and stuff like that, we're better off financially. I do not own real estate. I don't have real estate. I'm not against it. But yet we live, travel, work, and go where we want to go. And, 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 and you know what? There's a lot of freedom. You can't put a price on that freedom. What I wanted to ask you, too, is did faith play a huge part in this when, in 2008, when things were you know, going down and then 2013, you're at this low? Or did going to the like a Bible retreat change your outlook? I, I guess what I'm getting at is, has that faith of yours always been there and been every bit as strong? And is that what helped you get through this? Yeah. All right, Chuck, that's a great question. And I think the best way to describe it is... Uh, our lives are a journey. They're not an event. And, and so I go back to, you know, my faith 
walk when I was growing up. I, I would pop in and out of a church every once in a while, but truthfully, it didn't take. You know what I mean? There wasn't, there wasn't a lot of depth there. And, you know, probably when I was growing up in school, I was following some girls that went to church and stuff like that. I'm sorry. Sorry if, you know, everybody else is going, I can't believe he's that way. No, that's just the way I was. But after I got married, I, I did become what, what I term a follower of Christ, follower of Jesus. And, and, I, and I think this is relevant for whatever faith people are listening in this not that's not the point of the story here so that faith was i was a follower of christ and and i was growing i was maturing but chuck this is the thing that's really powerful about it i i think one of the biggest challenges that we have is we segment our lives we segment them we have our work life we have our friends we have our faith we have our finances we have our hobbies we have all types of things and so while i was pretty strong in my faith. And I think I was mature and growing and all of that because I had a certain degree of, and this is the word I'm going to use is pretty strong arrogance related to my business ability. I believe that I probably got a lot of divine ideas related to business and we were successful. Like we talked about earlier. I mean, people would look at us and go, wow, those people are doing really well. They look good, smell good, clean up really, really good. But I had it segmented. I probably didn't have as much faith in that business arena. And so, Chuck, when things got tough, you find out what you're, what you're made of, right? We really mm-hmm. find out who we are. I don't think we find out who we are when things are going great. I mean, some people may. I mean, I think when people get an abundance of money or financial resources, we kind of find out where their heart is. But you really find out where people are when things get tight, And I think I really found out really what I was made of. I found some things that I liked, some strengths. And Chuck, I found some things that needed some work. I found some things that I needed to be more mature in. I needed to have a greater faith that that my faith, Jesus Christ, was Lord of my life all the time, not just during the good times. And that was probably the journey. And you know what? It wasn't like an event from 2008 to 2013. It was just like this steady process of growth. And, uh, you know, I never, you know, a lot of people, when things happen like that, Chuck, they blame God or they blame Mm -hmm. people. They get in that mode that you talked about earlier. You know, they become a victim and a victim is looking for someone to blame. And, and I did look in the mirror and I blamed myself. I mean, I looked at it. I mean, oh, wait. I know a lot of people went through tough times in 08. I wasn't the only one, but I was like going, okay, how could I have restructured this differently? You know, I had some business partners that maybe I didn't do what I was, should have done. Maybe they didn't do what they should have done. It doesn't matter. And so I think the question or the answer, Chuck, is my wife and I wouldn't wish the journey we've been on on anyone else, but we're so thankful that we went on it because we are now better people. We've grown into, I think I needed more humility and needed to knock off some of that arrogance and stuff. And she just needed me to be more humble. This is actually a perfect time for me to throw in there that you are a podcaster as well. And you podcast from the road. Uh, what is it? It's a seek, go create is the name of your podcast, correct? Yes. That's and correct. then you are also, we mentioned at the top of the uh, the show that you are an author and you've got a book called Coach. And I can't, sorry, I can't remember the, the subtitles or the subheading. But uh, Well, the subtitle fits right in with what we've been discussing. It's the title of the book is Coach. 
and it is a novel. It's Coach, A Story of Success Redefined. There it is. And really the subtitle subtitle of the podcast is that we redefine success in leadership, business, and in ministry. And Chuck, that's really been a theme of almost everything I've done since we've gone through the process that we've gone through. What's interesting, too, is using the word redefine, you learn that early on. And here it is, 2022, and we hear people talking about redefining. They're leaving corporate life. They're leaving this and that, and they're redefining not necessarily who they are, but maybe what they want. That may be wrong, but that's kind of how I see it, where people are redefining what is important to them and what what makes a difference for or to them in life. Wow. Yeah, that's you were ahead of the curve. Well, it's a great question. Actually, actually, it kind of fits into a theory that I have, and maybe you can help me out with this because it's. I think it plays into the theme and the plot of my book. I notice it in almost every podcast interview I do. My guess is is that you observe this also with behind the story. And, and and here's the theory. So tell me what you think about it. The listener can kind of chime in too. I believe that we will go through change during the course of our lives. We, we're growing into whoever or whatever we were created to be. And I don't, again, that doesn't, that's not a faith type thing. I just think mm-hmm. we're growing. I don't think, I mean, I've got a two-year-old granddaughter that's in the back of the RV. Let's hope she stays napping during this time. And you know what? She is not who she is going to be right now. Now, you know, she's got growth and things like that. We're the same way. And, and so Chuck, my theory is this, there's two ways that we experience significant change in our lives. The way number one is we set a goal, we have a desire, a strong will or whatever, and we put an action plan in place. We're diligent. We move forward. We develop habits so that we can make that change. So that's number one. And that's a really good way to make change in our life. The second way we make change is a catalytic event occurs and we are forced to change. Mm -hmm. And so what you just brought up is powerful because 2008 for me, that was a catalytic event. I mean, I'm a coach. I've always been a business guy, leadership guy. And I would like to think that I would do number one instead of that second option. The big change in my life occurred. You know, economy went down, lost businesses, became homeless, went through bankruptcy, ugly, ugly stuff. What you just brought up in March of 2020, I think around the world, people were forced. They had a catalytic event that forced people to evaluate, what am I created for? Why am I here on this earth? You know, am I, do I need to be driving 45 minutes one way to an office, to a job that I don't like, to a boss that's, you know, rude or worse to me than getting back in my car, going home and trying to cram in my life into about, you know, three hours a week or should I redefine what I'm doing? Should I try to, should I try to reset? That was a word a lot of people use. And I mm-hmm. think what we're seeing, there's a lot of people, and I applaud it, they're taking matters into their own hand because of that catalytic event and saying, I'm going to make a change. Yeah. You know, the one thing, though, we're, we're all human, human nature. I think one of the most difficult things for people on making that change or growing, even though a catastrophic event if we want to call it that, that happened and we're 
forced to redefine things. I think choice is choosing is a huge obstacle for people because you can make the right choice or you can make the wrong one. But what is right and what is wrong, and then you know it really depends on that path that you take. At least that's how I look at it. What would your strategic coach? What do you think? <laughs> Well, my wife and I have this discussion all the time, Chuck. And again, I, I'm a strategic coach. I'm the guy that people would say, oh, you're probably always pushing the envelope and developing goals and things like that. My wife and I have said this all along. If the events that occurred from 2008 to 2013 had not been forced upon us, we would still be sitting in a home. Now, it would have been a large home somewhere between Atlanta and Augusta, Georgia, in a golf course community. And it's nice. I'm not saying anything against that. But we would have never spent three months on the South Island of New Zealand living there. We would have never gone to Australia for for six months and explored all over Australia in a little van. You know, we flew to New Zealand and got a little bitty van. We had zero money, but we zigzagged the island of New Zealand And the birth of my book, the idea for the book came when we were in the middle of the North Island of New Zealand, Chuck, in what's called Tongariro National Park. And I had two active volcanoes outside this little camper van we're in. And I got this glimmer of an idea for a novel. That's where I got that idea. We would have been forced into that. You notice I said forced had we not gone through the events. I would be living what I believe would be a comfortable Life, I think Thoreau says, is it a life of quiet desperation? I don't know. But, you know, until we live another life, it's hard to know that we're not fulfilling things in the life that we're in. Stick around. We'll be right back. Yeah. Let's say that nothing happened and everything was going and you still had your business. Do you think or were you happy or do you think was there something in your gut that said, I need change? Or, like you said earlier, would you have just stayed right there, you know, around the Augusta, Georgia area, golf course community, living the life, as some would say? Yeah, I would have, I would have had a successful life by the measurement that our culture and society measure success. Now, would it have been me optimizing my life? And I don't even know if I'm living the optimized life now, but I can say with... confidence that my life is more optimal. It's simpler. It's more intentional today than it was at that time. Now, I don't want to go through what I've been through again. Let me just go ahead and say that right up front. I'm not a masochist. I don't want, don't just, you know, I don't, I'm not looking for pain and, you know, to feel like my insides are just being churned in and out. I'm not trying to say it's easy, but but, you know, we don't know the answer to that, Chuck. And, but, but I do think this goes back to the strategic coach question. And I do think it's good to have someone that you could bounce these things off of. I think you need to be asking yourself, are we living to, with all the information we have, to the fullest potential, the life that we should be living? And, and I would venture to say that most of us would probably say no, but we're probably okay with, you know, 80%, you know, 80, 20 or something like that. Mm -hmm. But, but if we never at least push 
a little bit. You know, Chuck, it's interesting. I've had people ask me all the time, they say, oh, you're living in an RV and, you know, what's the best place to travel and where should I travel and all that? I go, well, I could, I could list out all types of places that are absolutely, my wife and I call them, how great thou art places. We, you know, that old uh, gospel, not gospel song, but the, the hymn, how great thou art. I mean, you look at it and you just go, wow, how majestic, how incredible. But one thing I tell people, if if you feel as if you're a little bit, I don't know, stodgy or kind of locked in, maybe you need to stretch a little bit, maybe moves move around a little bit, especially for those in America. This is this is like a given. Do this sometime over the next few months, depending on when you're listening to this, find the national park that's closest to you. And hopefully you could go via car and you won't have to get on an airplane, but Take you, take a friend, take your significant other, take children, whatever. Load up and go visit your national park. Because if you haven't, then I can tell you that that's almost a crime. You need to be visiting our national parks. And and you know what? It just kind of gets you out. Get you out. Yeah. Get Especially for those folks listening in in the cities. We have found that it nourishes our soul, Chuck. To, and, and listen, we love some of the cities, especially in throughout the world, but definitely our country. But boy, we've got some beautiful country out there. And some people just need to get out and go see it. You're absolutely right. My younger sister and I, we just finished a 1,600-mile drive all throughout New Mexico. And it felt good to reconnect. It, some might... Well, you made that suggestion. Find the nearest national forest, a park to go to. Drive there. Camp if you can. We went to the White Sands. Beautiful. Desert can be beautiful. Trees can be beautiful. Rocks can be beautiful. It's so different other than what I think 90% of, at least in America, 90% of the people are so used to. And that's what's within two and a half miles of their home or their driving distance of however far or long it takes to get to work. And that's it. So you're 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 so right. I, I also want to touch on your your podcast because you've done a lot of podcasts and you've been doing it for four years. Maybe I'm not Gosh, for sure. I think it's getting close. We started in. I remember we were on the Oregon coast. The first episode I recorded, Chuck, I was 20 feet from Coos Bay on the coast of Oregon, sitting in this seat I'm in right now. I could actually see the water from where I was. So it was right around the summer of 2019. I think August of 2019 mm. is when we started. And we're 160 or 70 episodes in. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it. This is fun, isn't it? It is. It's a great thing for folks like us to do but it's a wonderful thing for people to listen to or watch because you're providing a lot of information and i would also say motivation because you know what you're saying is even getting the juices in me going and flowing and i'm thinking all right when am i going to do my exit from this world and get out there and enjoy and it's not necessarily oh i, I don't know how to say it, but like you said it's you just want to live up to whatever potential that you you can or do your best to get there yeah, and it doesn't have to be making a million dollars i think like you said redefining success there is a difference a thousand dollars a month might be great for somebody where somebody else says a hundred thousand dollars so and living in an rv versus living in a golf community yeah and so the weird thing about that chuck is i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna press on you just a little bit we have yeah. to be careful putting dollar amounts to Mm -hmm. We, my wife and I have been amazed 
at how, and this is not the intent for why we live the way we live, but we're amazed at how inexpensive portions of what we do are. I mean, listen, we still eat and we still put fuel in the vehicle. And for anyone listening, depending on when they're listening, that fuel is getting real expensive and so, are the, so is the food. However, I mean, it is regularly that we stay places that it is really close to nothing to live for, you know, a few weeks, a month. Now, we could also go places, that place on the coast of Oregon, it was probably about 2000 plus for that month. But we were on the coast of Oregon, you know, so. Yes. So, so yeah, I mean, I think we have to be careful even putting dollar amounts with that because sometimes we think, oh, I need X amount to live a certain way. And I guess what I'm saying is that now you, you may not. It could be just an adjustment and you go, huh, I've got friends right now that live down in Mexico and they've told me how much it costs for them to live where they are and they're near the water and you know, it's tropical, you know, near the, and, and I'm going, wow. So you don't really need a lot of money to live a pretty nice lifestyle. They go, no. I went, wow. Okay. That shifts my mind a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you're right about that. It it is getting more expensive and it's definitely an adjustment if you want to either live off the grid or or travel or, or reduce your workload or hours or anything like that. Because again, when I did this little We'll call it a road trip with my sister. We had budgeted a certain amount of money for food. We didn't even hit that budget because we found ourselves finding alternatives, whether we were forced to because of the late hours and driving or just the excitement of being on the road. But we were still nourished and we still ate, but we didn't hit our, our food budget. So, yeah, it's, it's an adjustment and you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the cool thing about it, and this is maybe the the lesson I would love for people to get is just, just picture and imagine just some things being different. And, and I think the, the thing that I really get discouraged by Chuck is, and I, and I believe it's a, a theme of what you do here too, is people that feel locked in, out of control, you know, constrained or burdened by where they are and what they're doing and who they're around and things like that. I think I would love for them to just believe that they could do something different. They might be able to live somewhere different. They might be able to live a totally different way. You know, if if anyone listens to me, I love for them to think, wow, so you don't have to live in a house. You don't, you don't have to be, this is a word we use a lot. You don't have to be geographic specific. You could be, you know, graphically free. And literally live wherever you choose to live. And, and, and I think that's what I would love for people to get when they read my book. And, and if you haven't read it yet, get the book, Coach, because what it does is it takes you on a journey from my fictional character. It's not like my story, but there's a few things in there that would be sort of related to what I've gone through. And but it, but it just kind of stretches you. I mean, the main character has to go through a very similar journey of identifying what success means to him. And uh, it's a story that someone could just read and just enjoy the story or you could read it and probably glean some pretty cool lessons from it if you're looking for it or if you're open to it along the way. And then you mentioned the podcast earlier. That's kind of what we do there. I very similar to you. I love asking people, what's your journey been like? You know, what's, what have you had to do about success and, 
And uh, I, I think that's the mission that I'm on right now is mm. to kind of nudge people to not be complacent and think you used the word victim earlier and believe that they're a victim and they can't make any adjustments or change. Well, Tim, let's make sure that people know where to go to, to get your book and have links to go to your podcast. So it, it's a very simple one, timwinders.com, right? T-I-M-W-I-N-D-E-R-S.com. And honestly, I'm actually at now. I'm right there, and it's got everything. Your book is here. You, you can get a hold of Tim, and you can have him on your podcast as well. Yeah, it's it's all laid out right here. This is fantastic. And again, you could click on the links up above for a podcast, and it take you right to Tim's podcast. And I got to say, I listen to a couple of your podcasts, and you come across really well. Ah, thank you. We we have a I have an admiration for people in this industry. You do too. I've listened to some of yours over the last few days. So thank you. I appreciate that. That means a great deal to me. Hi, you're welcome. Tim, you know, just a little bit more. Let's talk a little bit more about your podcast and what you do because you have some really great guests and I just want to make sure that people know you know, we talked about faith, but I want people to know that Tim's podcast is not just all about faith. Their lessons learned, interesting facts, all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, I think we all, and I know you do the same, Chuck. We bring people that do these longer form interviews, we bring ourselves and we kind of throw our hearts into these microphones. And, you know, we can't leave off parts of who we are when you have conversations like this. I think if we were to do a five, 10 minute, you know, I think you could kind of, I don't want to say fake it. That's, that's not a good word, but you know, you could put on a good show for a few minutes, but you can't do that in 30 minutes or 45, you know, or however long we've talked. And we do right at an hour interviews. I try to keep them under an hour. Sometimes they go a little bit longer. And, and I just love talking to people that are leaders or people that have run businesses or people that are in a, in a faith situation. So, you know, I, I, when people ask what it's about, we really do talk about redefining success. And there's three pillars that I think we really tie together. Sometimes we lean more to one of these than the other, but leadership, business, and ministry. Leadership, business, and ministry. And so there may be an episode that you listen to that's heavy on leadership because I've I've interviewed a guy that worked in the Nixon White House. <laughs> that's leadership guy. I've been around Warren Rustin. He's been around forever in politics. Leadership powerhouse. And we talked mostly leadership. We had a little bit of faith and all, but it was mostly leadership. And then, Chuck, we also had one of the original six founders of Netflix, who's a good friend of mine out of Silicon Valley. And let me tell you, we had a we had a powerful conversation about business with a little bit of leadership. And and so and then I've talked to people that have a background in ministry. I had an excellent conversation with a with a pastor out of New England recently. And you know what? We talked a lot about faith. We, we did talk a lot about that ministry and faith component, but we had a little bit of leadership tied in because he's a leader of his organization. So, so it's really hard for me, just like I know it is you and in, in what you do to kind of say, we only talk about X. We really bring those three together. And I'd love anybody listening in to jump over like you've done and listen in and join us over there because we have great conversations just like you're having here at Behind the Storm. You heard it from Tim. I mean, definitely go to his website. Go and listen to his podcast. I like putting it this way. We all have a little bit of voyeurism in us. 
So it, we like to kind of listen in on people. And I mean, we got to be truthful. It's kind of true. It's, you know, somebody sitting next to you, they're talking, you, you accidentally overhear the conversation, you kind of open up to it. So yeah, that's what is really great about this podcast and Tim's podcast is just the conversation that we have. Tim, I want to ask you before we wrap up, do you do any, and I didn't look, but do you do any type of ministry work from the road and do you do any type of live broadcasting or pre-recorded ministry work? Yeah, that's. thank you for asking that. We do, our family owns a 501c3 foundation and the primary mission of our foundation is to advance the kingdom of God, which is sort of vague, but it, what it allows us to do is a lot of the things that I do and other people in our family, we have grown children, two grown children and now two grandkids. It allows us to assist and help ministries in growing and doing whatever their mission is. And currently we work with right at, I think we have eight, what we call clients within our, within our foundation, our 501c3 ministry, that we are helping them either coaching or providing some resources, some of it's financial and some of it's just helping them do what they're called to do. And, and we do that virtually. Now, what's interesting, Chuck, is that's really the same thing that I do with my for-profit business <laughs> is that I work with executive teams or leadership teams in helping them fulfill their mission or their, or their goal in life. And so I'm able to do all of that from the road now because I've all, I was doing it from the road before <laughs> COVID hit. It just kind of like, wow, okay, everybody else is on Zoom now. I've been on Zoom for a lot. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. And the cool thing about it, Chuck, and maybe this is kind of putting a little casting a vision for some people out there. It's, it's my wife and I and our two grown children. We've got a, our daughter's 30. She might be 31. I hope I got that right. And then our <laughs> son's 28. And oddly enough, our son lives in his RV and travels too. That's what he does. He's up in somewhere in Wyoming right now, and he's a photographer. And all these companies come to him wanting him to share their product because he takes pictures and images and all of that. And so, but we're the board members, and so we work in that project together. So even though our family is somewhat scattered, we do come together, you know, regularly and, and meet up. We've got this project that's our ministry that we work on together. All right. Tim, thank you very much. This is, again, it's been enlightening, and it's given me food for thought. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Tim Winders. And remember, go to his podcast at www.timwinders.com. And thank you for continuing to listen and support this channel, because without you... It just would not grow. So please remember to subscribe, share, like, and comment. Until next time, have a great day. And that's what we call a wrap. Thanks for listening to this podcast. And I hope you enjoyed my guest, Tim Winders. Remember, you can find him doing a podcast called Seek, Go, Create. Or you can also go to his website, www.timwinders.com. And as always, thank you. And without you, this channel would not exist. So please remember to subscribe, like, share, and comment. Until next time, have a great day.